It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well. In a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet, you know that ghost is me. And I will never be set free as long as. And a very good Tuesday morning to you. It is May 2nd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. That, of course, was the wonderful voice, singer, songwriter of. Gordon Lightfoot, who I read passed away last night at the age of 84 at his hometown in Toronto, Canadian, and uh, just a beautiful singer-songwriter. Oh. David, uh, you're, you're getting a little steamy over yeah. there, a little LeCamp. That is beautiful. You, uh, you rarely hear any more a beautiful clarity in voice like that. Just yeah. really uh, just a full-sounding, beautiful guitarist, wonderful lyrics. He... Uh, wrote a song which I think may be one of the best uh, love songs ever written called Beautiful. And I, I had you play a little bit of that earlier. And if you ever want to play a beautiful song for your significant other that expresses your thoughts for them, play that song. That's the one to play, That's the huh? one to say. It's, be- it, it's it is. beautiful, It is huh? beautiful. But anyway, uh, prayers for Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, certainly back in my day, in the 70s and 80s, a lot of wonderful songs that a lot of artists recorded. I mean, he wrote a lot of songs that other well-known singers ended up recording just because he was such a great singer-songwriter. So do you remember him that well? I mean, Oh, I remember him from my childhood, for sure. I remember his music on the radio. That one that we just played. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that one. The wreck of the uh, Edmund Edmund Fitzgerald and the wreck of, the, you know, kind of a right? yeah, kind of a, marching almost song. Like a, yeah, yeah, like a yeah. pub bar yeah, sing-along right. yeah. kind of a song. Exactly. A sundown, another one that may sundown. have been his. Sundown. That's the one that I remember, too. As far as top 40, that may, may have been his biggest, like, top 40 hit crossing over from kind of the folk rock uh, era but uh, anyway so yeah uh to, to hear that song this morning it uh yeah it's a little emotional for oh me. yeah oh so beautiful but uh yeah well we pray for him we pray for his family fortunately in our catholic faith we you know have all the hope in the world yeah. and prayers that well that that we gather up in heaven and uh well, perhaps uh, Gordon Lightfoot singing yes. for St. Peter this morning in a, his own little private right. set. The uh, song Beautiful, I would say, if there's a, uh, back in 70s, 80s, if there was an iconic first dance wedding song for the bride and group, <laughs> that's got to be right up there. Oh, yeah, see, yeah. so there must be some reward yeah, in heaven I think so. for, the, yeah. for that talent. Uh, anyway, so we've got a great show for you today. Uh, what do you got coming up? Well, David, U.S. Religious Freedom Commission calls out some new countries whose record on freedom of religion violations getting some attention for not a good reason. All right. And uh, you're you bake some, you know, you're a baker, bake some things. Well, General Mills, we're calling some uh, flour. 
Yeah, I've got some in my recall. cupboard. Yeah, I don't know what kind. We'll have the dates for you. Want to check on that too? So that's coming up. Some great interviews. Got a homily highlight from Monsignor Syak. Yeah, at, we're, uh, we're mixing the King. things. Yeah, we're mixing things up a little bit today on the program. So stay tuned for that. Monsignor Syak coming up in the second half hour. What a beautiful Good Shepherd Sunday we uh-huh. just celebrated. Exactly. I was away camping. We attended a church near Dexter Reservoir oh, called yeah. Saint. Henry's. Oh, really? Yeah, little small church. Nice. You can just tell a uh, farming community there, and uh, real wonderful to be able to celebrate Mass there. So, awesome. Monsignor Syak will be coming up All here right. in this hour. And also. Sarah Kinsey with uh, Tech Tuesday. <gasps> it's the first Tech Tuesday of May, David. That's right. Looking forward to that. So, so you got a great show ahead. We're going to kick things off now with Katie Hurst and Answers. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. What about all the earthquakes, fires and hurricanes? Why does it keep on storming when you could stop the rain? I want the answers. What about all the sickness medicine can't solve? What about all the cancer? You could heal it all. I want the answers. You know my questions. You know my doubts. You know my fears that I'm afraid to talk about. I'm on the edge, about to burn.
That is Katie Hurst and Answers. It's 709 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday, May 2nd. Well, Trent Horn has a new book out. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Eastertide is filled with great joy and fervent prayer at Mater Dei Radio. During this special time in the church, join us in the celebration of our Lord's glorious resurrection through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the seasonal Regina Chaley prayer for the Queen of Heaven, the sacred mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and inspiring Eastertide reflections. We also rejoice in praying for your specific intentions on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. Just call 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at MaterDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Our dedicated team will start praying for you right away. Experience the great joy of Eastertide and unite with us in prayer as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. And it is 712 at Mater Day Radio. Well, maybe not a bad day today. Got about a 20% chance of showers this morning, then partly sunny this afternoon. I is 72. Mostly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 52. And then for Wednesday, partly sunny skies, high of 71. So sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good to me, too. Currently, it is 54 degrees at Seton Catholic High School in Vancouver. And it is 54 degrees at St. Clair Church in Portland. Now, while there are some major theological ideologies that separate us from our Protestant brothers and sisters, we do share some very important aspects of Christianity, especially when defending the existence of God and traditional moral absolutes. 
But when it gets to defending their faith against Catholic doctrine, well, some may turn to arguments used against atheism. They use those tricks to attack Catholicism. Well, in his new book, When Protestants Argue Like Atheists, Catholic apologist and author Trent Horn points out the hypocrisy, shows you how to refute them. Here at Mater Day Radio, you often hear Trent in the afternoon on Catholic Answers, and he's joining me today to tell us more about his new book. Good morning, Trent. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, as I said, you know, and you've pointed this out in your other books, that it is important for Catholics to know their faith. It's important that we can defend the important pillars of our doctrine. But there is quite a bit of Christian faith that we share with our Protestant brothers and sisters. Do you think it's important for us to be able to focus on those areas where we align and yet still be ready to defend, well, the differences? Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate uh, Protestants I know who defend the existence of God, the resurrection of Christ. I'm very appreciative of their work. Um, what I'm pointing out here is that sometimes the arguments that Protestants use uh, when debating Catholics uh, can be repurposed to undermine Christianity itself. They exemplify a kind of skepticism, uh, an overly skeptical attitude, that can be turned against Christianity itself or the use of various double standards. So they're just kinds of arguments I would recommend they not use anymore. Well, Trent, you think that Protestants, they tend to argue and use those tricks. And and so kind of point out some of those for us, like what should we be looking at and go, okay, I see this trick, I know where they're coming at, and I'm going to be able to kind of head that off before it gets too far down the road. Yes. Uh, well, one example would be that some Protestants will say that they will not accept a, a doctrine of Catholicism unless it can be shown explicitly to be true from Scripture, that it has to be explicitly described in Scripture. If you can't prove it from Scripture alone, they will not believe it. Uh, but this is an arbitrary reduction of evidence. You have to say, oh, unless you meet my standard, I'm not going to believe— well, what about other kinds of evidence? What about sacred tradition, for example? What about the teaching of the Church? Uh, why should we restrict things to only what we can prove by Scripture alone? And in fact, you can't prove that standard from Scripture alone, so it's contradictory. To which I would say to a Protestant who says this, you're acting just like an atheist who says, I'm only going to believe in God if God can be proven from science alone. If you can't prove it from science alone, I won't believe it. So when Protestants say, well, that's uh, inconsistent, because you can't prove that statement. From, you can't prove that scientism, the belief that only scientific knowledge counts, you can't prove that from science alone. Well, you can't prove sola scriptura from scripture alone. So that's just one example of a double standard I would point out. Trent Horn is joining us today. He has a new book out through Catholic Answers. It's called When Protestants Argue Like Atheists, 12 Weird Ways That Anti-Catholic Mimic Secular Skeptics. He's joining me today as we talk a little bit more about it. Well, Trent, this is interesting aspect, though. We're all sinners, and we'll be the first ones Catholics will stand up and say, oh, yes, yes, I am a sinner, too. But then we don't like it when our specific sins are pointed out to us. When people are arguing, too, against the Catholic faith, well, you know, Catholics, we do have some things we need to answer for in our history. But the, does the messenger negate the truth of what is being said about Catholics in the way that Protestants tend to want to attack us for it? 
Well, certainly not. And that's why Catholics have to be careful as well, that, uh, you know, when uh, Protestants, for example, will point out uh, things that Catholics have done in history, uh, such as historical, like, acts of violence in history carried out against Protestants, uh, Catholics can say, yeah, that happened and that was wrong. Uh, But Protestants engaged in acts of violence against Catholics. Protestants even engaged in acts of violence against other Protestants, like the Anabaptists, for example, uh, that one of Luther's friends, Philip Melanchthon, said that they ought to be put to death. Uh, And atheists will try to discredit Christianity in general by saying that Christians are always causing violence to other people. Uh, So we shouldn't go down that road to try to judge a belief system based on past acts of violence. We should judge a belief system based on the evidence for the truths that it affirms. Oh, and we know that the truths of the Catholic faith, they are so strong through Christ himself. He said, upon this rock, I will build this church. And so here we are more than 2000 years later. And well, it's while we know that we have this history behind us to support us in our faith, we do also need to make sure we don't fall into the same pitfalls that those arguments are using us against us. What do we need to be aware to make sure that we stand on the faith, and we don't have to go further than that when having to defend our faith? Well, we just always have to make sure that, the, as Jesus said, the measure which with you measure will be measured out to you. And so when we are critical of a Protestant apologetic against the faith, uh, if we are critical that a Protestant cites a very liberal Catholic author, as if that person were representative of all of Catholicism, uh, we should take care. Now, this can happen unintentionally if you don't know the author's proclivities, but we should take care not to purposely cite uh, a Protestant author who is not very representative of other Protestants, for example. Uh, so in all things, we just want to treat uh, those we disagree with fairly, just as we would want to be treated fairly. Oh, I like the sound of that. That is some of what you are going to learn in Trent's new book. When Protestants Argue Like Atheists, 12 Weird Ways That Anti-Catholics Mimic Secular Skeptics. It is out by Trent Horn and through Catholic Answers. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Trent. Tell our listeners where they can find a copy for themselves. Also, more information about you, because I know you have a website with great resources. Yes, I'd recommend they can get the book at any Catholic bookstore or at shop.catholic.com. I'd also recommend they check out my podcast, The Council of Trent, uh, and that's also available at trenthornpodcast.com. All right. Well, fantastic. Uh, great podcast. We love listening to it. We love listening to you on Catholic Answers here at Mater Day Radios in the afternoon. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for having me. And again, that is Trent Horn. The name of his new book, When Protestants Argue Like Atheists, 12 Weird Ways That Anti-Catholics Mimic Secular Skeptics. I will be sure to add a link on the podcast of this interview that will get you right to where you can get a copy for yourself. Also find Trent's podcast and his webpage. Those links you can find at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 721 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the morning blend. Well, that time of year, a little spring cleaning. You done, have you done some spring cleaning yet? Um, actually-
actually working on it right ah, now. Good for a you. little more, I yeah. should say. Yeah, me, well, me too. Uh, maybe you have an old vehicle sitting in the garage you want to get rid of. How about Monterey Radio's vehicle donation program? It can be an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV. You can donate that to Monterey Radio's vehicle donation program. Go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, vehicle donation, take you to the main page there. Really a quick and easy process, just a couple of forms to fill out, and you are good to go. And it's a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program. It's on the web at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Camp Howard challenges everyone who experiences camp with us to live, learn, and grow in the Catholic faith. At Camp Howard, we help cultivate children's social skill sets in a safe environment with trained staff, connecting with others in the beautiful, peaceful outdoors with a host of wonderful activities. These activities include swimming, archery, arts and crafts, group games, campfires, and just having fun with fellow campers. This coming summer, we will have seven overnight sessions in the popular family camp weekend. Weeks are filling quickly, and wait lists have already started, so be sure to register now at cyocamphoward.org. Save the date for our Champions of Faith Benefit Dinner, October 17th at the Oregon Convention Center. Our keynote speaker is three-time U.S. Women's Amateur Golf Champion, Laura Tennant. Come help fuel the future for our youth. Purchase tickets at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you for inspiring our youth to become faith-filled leaders. May God richly bless you. In 1996, in a church in Argentina, Father Alejandro found a misplaced communion host. He put it in some water and kept an eye on it. Over the next few days, it became more and more red. His bishop had it sent off for testing. The results? It was determined to be real heart tissue and real blood, a miracle. The bishop, we now know as Pope Francis. The expert who tested it? A former atheist who became a practicing Catholic. The blood type? A-B, like that found on the Shroud of Turin. Great faith is part of God's miracles. As Catholics, we have great faith that Jesus was incarnate, gave his life for us, and was resurrected. Our faith is that Jesus is really present, his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. 
Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Dei Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 725 at Mater Day Radio. Well, General Mills with the flower recall. We'll have that for you in the news. And there are some new countries as they are being watched for violations, freedom of religion. I'll have I'll have who those are coming up for you in news. Here is Sean Garrison and Open Road. You are listening to the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Sean Garrison and Open Road. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, a government commission tasked with monitoring religious freedom across has from abroad has recommended the State Department designate five new countries as countries of particular concern because of their engagement in or toleration of particularly severe religious freedom violations, including against Christians. In its 2023 report released yesterday, the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom recommended the State Department designate Afghanistan, India, Nigeria, Syria, and Vietnam as CPCs. In addition to the 12 other countries, it gave the designation in November. Now, across those 12 countries and the five new recommendations, the report outlines many instances where religious persecution by government entities and extremist groups has led to death, suppression, and displacement of many religious persons and communities. Now, this designation is outlined by the International Religious Freedom Act of 1998, leads the government to attempt non-economic policy options to end a country's religious freedom violation and impose economic penalties thereafter if the non-economic attempts fail. Well, Multnomah County will begin mailing ballots today for the upcoming election on May 16th. Ballots are six days behind schedule due to a proofreading error that forced the county to reprint 550,000 ballots. County elections officials mistakenly placed a board of commissioners race on the May 16th ballot for all county voters. The problem is only voters who live in District 3, mostly in an area of southeast Portland, are entitled to decide who will take over the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners seat vacated by Jessica Vega Peterson, who was elected as Multnomah County Chair in November. Now, the proofreading error is costly. The county about $300,000. Registered voters in the county can expect to receive their ballots in the mail by Thursday. And up north, Washington State will have a new political position up for grabs in 2024 as Governor Jay Inslee announced Monday morning that he does not intend to reseek election for a fourth term. Inslee was last reelected in 2020, becoming the second governor in Washington state to be elected for, to a third consecutive term. Now, Inslee succeeded Christine Gregoire, who served as Washington state governor from 2005 to 2013. Now, Inslee said he hasn't made any decisions about who he might endorse to follow him as governor. As for what's next for Inslee, that's still up in the air. However, he hinted his next steps could involve clean energy and fighting climate change. All right. All right, Brenda, you're going to have to check the pantry. Okay. General Mills has issued a nationwide recall of its bleached and unbleached flour after discovering salmonella during a sampling of a five-pound bag. So federal health officials reported Monday that a total of 13 people have been infected from 12 states, including Oregon. Three people have been hospitalized. No deaths have been reported. So the company is recalling two, five, and 10-pound bags of its gold metal, unbleached, and bleached all-purpose flour with a better-if-used-by-date 
of March 27th or March 28th of 2024. Now, health officials stress that people should not consume raw products made with flour. Salmonella is killed by heat through baking, frying, or boiling products made with the flour. General Mills is encouraging customers to check their pantries and dispose of any product affected by the recall. Customers who had to throw out products may contact General Mills Consumer Relations 1-800 number. So again, that's March 27th or 28th of 2024. That's the better if used by date. Okay. Well, here herein lies the problem, and I know I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. I have a very large uh, Tupperware container oh, that yeah. I have had for years. So when I open up a bag of flour, pour it in. The whole thing goes in, and the paper goes into the recycling so i have absolutely no idea except for the fact that i am very sure that i typically buy the store brand the generic brand and not because it's well usually a couple dollars cheaper so i know i'm safe there but that's a good reminder to not eat raw flour that's right that is the recommendation and i've got recipes where the kids have like edible cookie dough Mm -hmm. right and it just has flour in it, you have to actually microwave the flour right. for a little bit to kill off any microbes that might be in there. Good tip. Well, Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt, along with Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler and local law enforcement, announced plans Monday to create a pair of task forces to combat auto theft and organized retail theft. Now, Multnomah County will contribute 418 for two deputy district attorney positions, while Portland will kick in $370,000 for a pair of district attorney investigators and a legal assistant. Now, Schmidt said the task forces will focus on the worst offenders, prolific shoplifters and car thieves. Now, police data suggests there's been a surge in auto theft and shoplifting cases in Portland over the past few years. Now, some retailers complain shoplifting has become so out of control, they don't even bother reporting it. The DA hopes the extra prosecutors and investigators on the task force can help with that follow-up, such as collecting interviews, evidence, or surveillance video. Now, in addition to the task force, police hope to build on its project using data science to help track down stolen cars. Officers at an East Precinct worked with OHSU cancer doctors to better understand how to collect and analyze stop data so they'd be more successful in identifying stolen cars. In sports, even though it is a non-conference game, there will be a lot on the line when Oregon travels to Oregon State tonight for college baseball midweek classic at Goss Stadium, Coleman Field. Beavers and the Ducks are, this is kind of remarkable, Beavers and the Ducks both sporting overall records of 30 and 13. This late into the season, yeah. It's pretty amazing. So he's season's heading down the home stretch right now. The two teams met earlier this season for three conference games in Eugene, with Oregon State winning two. But currently, Oregon holds down third place in the Pac-12 standings. The Beavers, a half a game behind in fourth place. Whoa! Yeah, so again, this is a non-conference game, but still just shows you how close the two teams are. And to add intrigue, both teams are ranked in the top 25 in the country in a variety of polls. I love it. So uh, first pitch tonight in Corvallis at 530. So it looks like the weather should be decent. So yeah, it should be a good ball game. Well, among Catholics, May is most well-known 
as a Mary's Month, a specific month of the year when special devotions are performed in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So why is that? How did May become associated with the Blessed Mother? Well, in the early church, there is evidence of a major feast of the Blessed Virgin Mary celebrated on the 15th of May each year. But it wasn't until the 18th century that May received a particular association with the Virgin Mary. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia, it says the May devotion in its present form originated at Rome, where Father Latomia of the Roman College of the Society of Jesus to counteract infidelity and immorality among the students made a vow at the end of the 18th century to devote the month of May to Mary. Now from Rome, the practice spread to the other Jesuit colleges and thence to nearly every Catholic church of the Latin Rite. Now, various private devotions to Mary quickly became widespread during the month of May, and it's recorded in the Recolta, a publication of prayers published in the 19th century, saying, It is a well-known devotion to consecrate to Most Holy Mary the month of May as the most beautiful and fluorescent month of the whole year. This devotion has long prevailed throughout Christendom, and it is common here in Rome, not only in private families, but as a public devotion in very many churches. So in 1945, Pope Pius XII solidified May as a Marian month after establishing the Feast of the Queenship of Mary on May 31st. Then after the Second Vatican Council, well, the feast was moved to August 22nd, while May 31st became the feast of the Visitation of Mary. Oh, there you go. So there are a lot of Marian feast days in the month of May. And, you know, coming up this week, we'll have an opportunity to do a second cup. We'll run through some of the things happening in the month of May, which includes yeah, a few Marian feast days. Yeah, and I know a lot of schools do May crownings. Absolutely. Yeah, so very nice. And so does Mater Dei Radio. Right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. You know, growing up at St. Mary's School in Escondido, that yeah. was a prized honor uh, mm-hmm. for the schoolgirls as to who would be picked each year to do that. So, nice. Love it. Well, on to the community calendar on Saturday at 11 a.m. is a St. Peregrine celebration of hope and healing happening on Zoom. The Order of Servants of Mary present this St. Peregrine, a celebration of hope and healing, a free one-hour virtual event will include prayer, reflection, personal testimony, and the acknowledgement of a group dedicated to childhood cancer research. Please register at secularservites.org. You can find more information by going to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Got a homily highlight coming up with Monsignor John Syak. It's right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. 
Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Please join me, Father Tony Galati, in the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com or check the prayer section of the new Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It is 744 at Mater Day Radio. Just a slight chance of a shower this morning. Then could see some partly sunny skies this afternoon. High of 72 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight. Low of 52. And then for Wednesday, partly sunny. High of 71. Currently, it's 45 degrees at St. John Catholic Church out in Welsh's. And 52 degrees at St. Mark's Church in Eugene. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's homily highlight for Good Shepherd Sunday, here is Monsignor John Sayak, pastor at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. So in the Holy Land, there's, there's two principal bodies of water. There's the Sea of Galilee up north, and then there's the Dead Sea. And you couldn't have a greater contrast between two bodies of water that are so close together. There's only, there's only 65 miles that separate these two bodies of water, and they're both being fed by the River Jordan. So let's, when you think about uh, the Sea of Galilee, it's beautiful. You got fish. This is where Peter, James, and John made their living. There's boats. There's people. There's settlements on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the sea. Uh, there's this rolling kind of pasture land. You can imagine the flocks and the shepherds out there as well. There's life. The Dead Sea has truly earned its name. It is so full of salt and minerals that nothing can live there. And, and uh, I don't know if you've, anyone's ever been there, but like when you go to the Dead Sea, you don't like getting a splashing fight with anybody because you get that, that water in your eyes, it hurts. You can, and, you, and you're so buoyant in the water that when you, when you go out there past where you can touch the bottom, you're still like this far out of the water because the, the water is so dense with the minerals. So what's the difference? 
The same life-giving water from the Jordan goes to both places. Why is the Sea of Galilee so full of life? And why is the Dead Sea so dead? Well, it's, it's not the River Jordan. It's what these bodies of water do with that water. In the Sea of Galilee, the water that comes in, water flows out. It stays fresh. The Dead Sea holds on to every drop of water that comes into it and what happens to that body of water. No life can be there. You can't even, you can't drink it, right? And so it's a, it's a nice uh, image to keep in mind that, uh, you know, th these two seas in the Holy Land, and you think about that, there'd be kind of two kinds of people in the world, that same sort of thing. The one that flows outward and, st and stays alive, the one that grasps and holds and dies. This image of these two bodies of water is, it was, was, is the principal image in our Archbishop Sample's uh, annual Catholic appeal. He, he, has, he uses this image to, um, to help to, to ask of us uh, for our help. And so if we have those, these two bodies of water, we're thinking about it, you know, the, the one body of water that is so full of life and the other that is, that is dying, let's add a third image. And this third image comes to us uh, from our Lord in today's gospel, and that is a shepherd. A shepherd. And shepherds in the Holy Land, they have kind of a unique way of, of guiding their flock. When we think of, 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 uh, of moving sheep in a certain to a certain place or cattle in a certain place, our immediate idea is that we got to get the sheepdog out, we got to round them up, we got to drive them into the area that we want them to go because they won't go willingly. Well, in the Holy Land, the sheep, the sheep are all of several shepherds can be, are all kept into the, a common pen. It's kind of collective security, as, if, if you will, about, about the, the sheep. And then in the morning, they open the gate, and each shepherd goes out and calls, and his sheep follow him. And the next shepherd comes out and calls, and those sheep go with him. And this is, this is uh, so key that comes to us from the, from the Lord that the shepherd then walks out front, in front of the sheep. The sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd because they know that he cares for them. Right? The sheep trust their shepherd because he's always with them. He protects them. He nurtures, nurtures them, leads them to green pastures. The shepherd is courageous, selfless, shows affection for his flock. And Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls us to follow where he is going. And where is Jesus going? He's going to the Father, to the bosom of the Father where he, where he has abided for all eternity. Only this time, he wants to take us with him. To hear the voice of our good shepherd and to follow him. But before he calls us, he tells us something very important. I know them. 
The shepherd knows us. He knows us through and through. Every hair of our head, every cell of our body, every movement of our soul, everything that's ever happened to us, every circumstance we've been in. He knows our desires, our fears, our sorrows. He knows what will make us happy. He calls out to us to follow him. And this is the way to eternal life. And I want to be part of that flock, the flock that hears the voice of the Savior, the one and only Savior of the world, to follow him. So now let's take it a step further. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he also established his apostles as shepherds and their successors to be living icons of the good shepherd, a living icon to the fatherhood of God. That's the way he built his church, so that we could always hear the voice of the good shepherd in any time and any place until he comes again. And having these shepherds is so important. You know, we, we call it, so we call it apostolic succession. What does that mean? That means that we have a direct link to Christ himself about what he taught and what he did, what we should believe, how we should live. This ensures that we are part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And, and, uh, and this was important in the early church as well. You know, there's, in the early church there were these these controversies about the divinity, whether Christ was fully divine or not. Um, and an, an early heresy was called Gnosticism, which basically said the material world was evil, that God didn't create it. And it was uh, the great church father, Saint Irenaeus, who argued against that there was only one creator of the world, and he created everything, and he, what he created was good, even though it's marked by sin, but has been redeemed by, by him. And you know, St. Irenaeus' argument, what he, what he used, is apostolic succession. How do I know that what I say is right? Because this is what was given to me by, by the, apostle, the, the successor that came before me. That was St. Polycarp. And you know who became, came before him? St. John the Evangelist. And you know who was before him? Jesus Christ himself. So this is just vitally important that our link with our shepherd links us to Christ. Right? This is not a superfluous sort of thing. This is a necessary sort of thing. That, that, again, so that we here at Christ the King are in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So who is our local shepherd? I'm not going to call on anybody, but I think we know, right? Archbishop Alexander Sample. He is our good shepherd. And, uh, you know, I think of, a lot of you know what I did before I came to Christ the King. I spent nine years at the Vatican working in the Congregation for Bishops. And what that, what that office did was really the big vetting process of shepherds. Right? It was the, the vetting process of all candidates for the episcopacy uh, throughout the world. It ended up funneling through our office before it went to the Holy Father for a decision. And so as being on the, on the staff of, for most of the time with Cardinal Willette, he actually just, just retired uh, recently, 
um, we were part of, the, part of that process. And so in that time, in those almost nine years, I had the privilege of studying hundreds of candidates for the episcopacy, most, mostly in the English-speaking world. And I can say with a lot of confidence is that Archbishop Alexander Sample is in the top five in the world. I'm not, I'm not making that up. That's just from my experience that we are so blessed. And not only is a good man and a good bishop, he's, he's striving after holiness. Right? He really wants to be the good shepherd for us. And he loves his priests and he loves his people. And that is today's homily highlight from Monsignor Syak at Christ the King Church. Oh, I love what he says. Knowing that we have the best, of course, we have the most wonderful Archbishop Alexander Sample, and we continue to keep him in our prayers. Now, that homily was for Good Shepherd Sunday, and it was also part of the call for the Archbishop's annual Catholic appeal. You can find more information on that appeal at the Archdiocese webpage. You're also going to be able to listen again to Monsignor Syak's homily if you missed some of that uh, by going to the podcast. You're going to find it at Mater. Radio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, will the feds bump the interest rate again? We'll look at that in the news. And Pope Francis accepts the resignation of a U.S. bishop and his replacement already to lead the diocese. I'll tell you who that is coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. 
Today, we celebrate the Feast of St. Athanasius, an archbishop, a doctor of the church, and one of the oldest defenders of Catholicism against the Arian heresy. Athanasius was born in Alexandria around the year 297. There isn't a lot of information about his upbringing, but we know that he received an excellent education. His own writings show that he had a connection with St. Anthony the Great, whose life story Athanasius eventually recorded. With this kind of background, it's probably not surprising that Athanasius became a member of the clergy. At 21 years old, he was already a deacon. He spent some years peacefully in his office, but not many. One of the most troubling heresies in history was about to rear its head. In the year 323, the priest known as Arius began spreading the false doctrine in Alexandria. This heresy, which would come to be known as Arianism, attacked the Incarnation itself. It pronounced that Jesus was merely a creation of God and that he didn't share his divine nature. As soon as he heard of Arius' teachings, Alexandria's Bishop Alexander took action. He had a copy of Arius' claims put together and presented them before the local clergy, as well as the Council of Egyptian Bishops. The resulting council saw Arius deposed and his heresy formally condemned. It seemed like the matter was resolved, but in reality, this was only the beginning of a very long struggle. Bishop Alexander fell ill shortly after the council and in his dying days nominated Athanasius as his successor. So Athanasius became responsible for a huge diocese while still in his 20s. In the meantime, Arius retreated from Alexandria and began spreading his heresy everywhere. He gathered many allies, including the bishop of Nicomedia named Eusebius. Eusebius tried to convince the new bishop to reinstate Arius, but was firmly refused. Having failed to convince Athanasius, Eusebius tried to overthrow him. He earned the allegiance of the Miletians, a Christian sect living in Egypt, who falsely accused Athanasius of countless crimes, including treason against the emperor. The bishop went to trial and, with little difficulty, cleared his name of all these crimes. But his new enemies wouldn't give up so easily. He was forced to attend another trial but this was very obviously rigged against him, and he was banished before he could gather evidence to renounce the accusations. This was the start of a series of five total banishments that took place over 17 years and the deaths of two emperors. Athanasius remained a staunch defender of the faith throughout it all, and in 365 was finally reinstated as archbishop for the last seven years of his life. Jesus anticipated the enemies of the faith hundreds of years before Arius began spreading his heresy. He knew that those who hoped to destroy Catholicism would use lies and slander. Hopefully, we never have to face opponents as tenacious as the ones Athanasius faced. But if we do, we have to act carefully and speak what we know with certainty, because the only appropriate weapon to wield against lies is truth. St. Athanasius, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, Pope Francis announced Monday that he has accepted the resignation letter of Bishop Thomas Tobin of Providence, Rhode Island, submitted on his 75th birthday on April 1st as required by canon law. Now, Tobin is succeeded by Bishop Richard Henning, whom Pope Francis in November appointed as coadjutor bishop of Providence, home to more than 603,000 Catholics.
Now, Tobin said in a press release May 1st, on this day dedicated to St. Joseph the Worker, and as we begin this month dedicated to our Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary, it is with profound gratitude and personal peace that I have received word that our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has accepted my request to resign from office, and that is to retire from active ministry. Now, ordained a priest in 1973, Tobin was appointed by Pope John Paul II as Bishop of Providence in 2005. Now, he launched new initiatives to help the needy and refugee and immigrant communities in Rhode Island. Also an outspoken critic of abortion and gender ideology, Tobin was sometimes at the center of debates on social issues. In the press release, well, he also apologized for any mistakes and failures he may have made, saying... For the mistakes I've made, for my faults and failures, I'm deeply sorry. And for those times when some individuals were offended by my words and deeds, I am truly sorry for that too. It can be difficult to preach the gospel of Christ and to carry on the mission of the church in the world today, but that's what we are called to do, he said. Now, Tobin also tweeted this morning that he was deleting his Twitter account. Okay. All right, and Betty's glad for that. And each year, the Holy Father asks for our prayers for a specific intention each month, and you are invited to answer the Holy Father's request to join with many people worldwide in praying for this intention each month. The Holy Father has entrusted these intentions in a particular way to the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, an organization that works to encourage Christians to respond to the Pope's appeal and to deepen their prayerly life. Now, May's intention is for church movements and groups, and it's saying, We pray that the church movements and groups may rediscover their mission of evangelization each day, placing their own charisms at the service of needs in the world. Well, Secretary of State Shemaya Fagan is apologizing to Oregonians after news accounts last week revealed she had taken a consulting position with a cannabis company. Fagan explained her role with the company in a media release on Monday and announced she is terminating her contract with the group. In her apology, Fagan said she exercised poor judgment by contracting with a company whose owners are political donors. She added she harmed the public's trust that she hopes to rebuild over the next couple of years. Following news of her side job last week, state Republican leaders accused Fagan of ethics violations and called on her to resign. On Friday, Governor Tina Kotek called for the Oregon Government Ethics Commission to investigate Fagan's actions and for the Oregon Department of Justice to look into a recent audit of cannabis industry regulations. Well, three teenagers, two of whom from Vancouver, were arrested Saturday in Portland in connection with an armed carjacking. Portland police responded at 1 o'clock a.m. to a report of a stolen car in the area of Southeast 5th Avenue and Southwest Hall Street. Now, the car was reportedly stolen at gunpoint in Vancouver and tracked to the area, according to a Portland police news release. Now, when the officers arrived, they saw three people run from the car. As police chased them, one of the suspects tripped and a gun fell from his pocket. Now, officers found the other two suspects a few blocks away, arrested all three. Now, the teens, two 17-year-olds from Vancouver and a 16-year-old boy from Portland, were booked into the Donald Long Juvenile Detention Facility in Portland. 
Well, the Federal Reserve will meet later this week to determine whether to raise interest rates again. Now, many economists are anticipating a 0.25% increase, bringing the federal funds rate to a range of 5% or a little greater. The economy has shown signs of cooling in some of the latest federal data, and inflation has slowed from the highs reached last summer, but still remains well above the central bank's preferred target of 2% year over year. Now, the latest consumer price index came in at 5%. That's the lowest level since 2021, but still more than double the target. First Republic sale to J.P. Morgan Chase, the third bank failure this year, is also adding uncertainty to the Fed's already difficult task of trying to temper inflation without sending the economy into recession. Last month's personal consumption expenditures, the Fed's preferred inflation gauge, offered mixed signals as consumers continue to spend, especially on services. And Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt, along with Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler and local law enforcement, announced plans on Monday to create a pair of task force to combat auto theft and organized retail theft. Multnomah County will contribute $418,000 for two deputy district attorney positions, while Portland will kick in $370,000 for a pair of district attorney investigators and a legal assistant. Now, Schmidt said the task forces will focus on the worst offenders, prolific shoplifters, car thieves. Police data suggested there's been a surge in auto theft and shoplifting cases in Portland over the past few years. Now, some retailers complain shoplifting has become so out of control, they don't even bother reporting it. Now, the DA hopes the extra prosecutors and investigators on the task forces can help with that follow-up, such as collecting interviews, evidence, or surveillance videos. So uh, I've actually, myself, seen that before. Really? In one instance, I saw a person running out of the Macy's store, department store at the Vancouver Mall, armful yeah. of, of clothes on hangers running mm-hmm. to his car that happened to be parked in the very first spot yeah. and uh, drove off. I've also unfortunately seen people at a local drugstore collecting cosmetics and just dropping them in their purses yeah. and, and walked right out. It's uh, And yeah, the, the, the people behind the desk say, yeah, yeah. Well, there's not much we can do about it. I have noticed several stores that I've shopped in recently where they have now security guards at the door. At the door. Yeah. I think that's going to become more and more commonplace. Mm-hmm. I think so. In sports, NBA playoffs last night in the Western Conference semifinals, the Denver Nuggets have jumped out to a 2 to nothing lead over the Phoenix Suns. Nuggets down the Suns in Denver, 97-87. In the Eastern semis opener, Philadelphia beat the Celtics in Boston, 119-115. to So tonight, it's Miami at the New York Knicks. The Heat is up one to nothing in that series. This is going to be a fun series as Golden State entertains the Los Angeles Lakers in game one of their best of seven. So the series features two of the all-time greats in Stephen Curry for the Warriors and LeBron James for the Lakers. So it's going to be a good series. For sure. Well, there were many saintly bishops and priests in the first few centuries of the church, but one of the most influential was St. Athanasius. Now, the Catholic Encyclopedia gives the following brief summary of his life, saying he was born around 296 and died on May 2nd, 373. 
Now, Athanasius was the greatest champion of Catholic belief on the subject of the incarnation that the church has ever known in his, and in his lifetime earned the characteristic title of the father of orthodoxy, by which he has been distinguished ever since. Now, the word orthodoxy in this context means right belief, highlights St. Athanasius' quest to uphold the right beliefs of the Catholic Church. Now, Pope Benedict XVI revealed on his life and influence in a reflection at a general audience from 2007, saying, Athanasius was undoubtedly one of the most important and revered early church fathers. But this great saint was, above all, the impassioned theologian of the incarnation of the Logos, the Word of God, who, as the prologue of the fourth gospel says, became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, St. Athanasius is an important figure in the history of the church and is a saint we should look for to inspiration. I like the name. Athanasius. Athanasius. That's good. That's a good name. That is. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. I love it, too, when you see these big Catholic families in church and they have a bunch of kids and they start running down their names. Yeah. And then you'll run across an Ambrose or an Athanasius. Yes. Oh, good call. That's a good one. Well, coming up this Saturday at 2 o'clock, this would be a good call. Head out to Camp Howard for their open house. Bring the family to tour Camp Howard and experience what makes Camp Howard so special. Learn about program activities, visit the cabins, meet the Camp Goats. And try homemade refreshments. Camp Howard staff will be on hand to answer any questions. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And speaking of that, uh, Peggy English, the director of Camp Howard, uh, she's going to be with us on Friday morning. Oh, fantastic. So we'll learn a little bit more about the open house so you can join us for that. So there is a pretty amazing vocation story that we had during our share a couple weeks ago, and so you're going to hear that coming up right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. 
Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Thank you for making Matraday Radio's recent Spring share a grand success. We appreciate your support helping us seek the truth during this broadcast celebration. It was an inspiring week filled with joy and prayerful generosity. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Matraday Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, Trader Joe's and Garden Home, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne, Chick-fil-A and Raleigh Hills and the talented prayer shawl ministries at St. Cecilia in Beaverton and St. Thomas Aquinas in Camus. If you missed out on Matre Radio's 2023 Spring share you can still unite with us and seek the truth. Won't you prayerfully consider making an online gift now at matradayradio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app? And thanks to everyone who plays an important part in our mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Matre Radio. 814 at Mater Radio. Just a slight chance of a shower this morning, then a little sunshine this afternoon. High of 72 degrees. Cloudy overnight tonight, low of 52, and then partly sunny for Wednesday, high of 71, and then eh, it looks like kind of showery through the rest of the week. All right. Well, currently it is 54 degrees at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church up in Kelso. And 52 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Albany. Well, recently during our spring share we had a wonderful opportunity, David. We talked to so many great guests, priests and sisters and hosts from Mater Day Radio that wanted to join and help support Mater Day Radio yep. for our spring share Now, one of those guests shared his vocation story. Brother Charles Gonzalez from Mount Angel Abbey joined us for one of the hours. Now, I have his vocation story to listen to. We're going to play it now, but stay with us because the connection Connection that we made after he we went into a break, truly a miracle. Nice. Actually, it was, it was funny to hear about Catholic Answers uh, uh, starting here. Mm. In, in a, the uh, the story, actually, it was, it was funny to hear about Catholic Answers uh, starting here mm. in in a way. Yeah. Right. Um, it's actually when I was in high school. Uh, my dad started listening to Catholic uh, radio. Oh that, my! That was huge for him. That was huge for him, and I've, he's probably listening right now, but uh, I think that's what really started uh, with our family. We grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. Mexican-American Catholic, right? Um, but it wasn't really until I was a freshman, sophomore, when I started to take my faith seriously. Mm. And so my dad got really into the faith, um, and I really think that that kind of opened the doors for, for our family. Wow. And um, I had an experience of confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, uh, during the summer between freshman and sophomore year, uh, at a, at a Steubenville conference. And that's when I, I first felt the Lord in a, in a real tangible way. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, um, I'm here wearing a habit, um, living up here in the, uh, the Pacific Northwest, um, still searching, uh, for how to, uh, uh, get, achieve, live within 
that that grace and that mercy that I first experienced at that confession. Oh my goodness! Uh, that, that's what really started a lot of it. Um, of course, my first confession was in first communion, right? But I hadn't been to confession since then uh, until until oh then. Oh my Freshman goodness! Year. Oh wow! So that opened the doors uh, to a very personal relationship with with Jesus Christ. I said, whatever happened in, the, in this confession, uh, I want more of that. Mm. Uh, who, uh, who is that? That's Jesus. And where is that? That's the Catholic Church. Mm. Uh, Jesus uh, working in and through the, the church, through his priest. And so I think this desire to uh, serve the Lord and, and, and follow him, I did everything Catholic. Mm. Uh, I'm a drummer. I started playing praise and worship music. I started praying the rosary, going to mass. The youth group was really strong. And I think for any young dude, right, uh, that's going to going to church often and stuff, uh, a lot of the, the people of the parish say, hey, yeah. have you thought about being a priest? I said, oh, no, you know, I got to... I wanted to be a drummer. I wanted mm-hmm. to be Matt Mars drummer. <laughs> oh, that'd be a good game. That's, 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 that's pretty good. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to tour. <laughs> I wanted to like tour, yeah, praise and worship drumming. Um, yeah, but anyway, so I, I um, there was a priest who would come around our, our youth group, and uh, he was always a cool, cool guy. And I remember he served, and I was like, oh, he serves. Yeah. He tells us about Jesus. I want to do that. Um, and so this desire to uh, to serve the Lord uh, was strong. Uh, junior year, senior year of high school, um, and I ended up joining Mount Angel Seminary hmm. in 2012. Uh, that's where the door opened um, and the Lord knew exactly what he was doing but um, so anyways uh, came to Mount Angel Seminary and uh, was studying to be a diocesan priest for for Fresno uh, back in California but uh, I always had this call uh, this desire uh, to be a part of a of a community Mm. but I think to be a part of a um a spirituality that I can call my own. Mm. That was a big. That was a big deal for me. Um, in the Catholic Church, right? We have a lot of different spiritualities: Dominicans, Benedictines, Franciscans, um, all these different devotions, right? Mm. And I said, "Well, what's the one for me?" And so, um, a year uh, after I graduated undergrad, I got to go to Subiaco, mm. which is the the cave, right, where Saint Benedict lived. And I just went there as a pilgrim, but in that cave, uh, I had a profound experience of oh my Saint Benedict. Wow! And I said, um, Saint Benedict, why are you in a cave? Why aren't you in the city? Hmm. And I was thinking of my own life, Dawson priesthood, hmm. monastery. But then I saw Saint Benedict; he would ultimately become a, a big dude. You know, yeah. he would he would create these monasteries and evangelize. Western culture and 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 basically I looked to him and I said St. Benedict I want to be like you you know I, there's something you got something he said well and that, come and see mm. and uh, it wasn't just St. Benedict in that in that cave it was the Lord as well mm. and so I, I went I came uh, and I stayed uh, 2018 I entered the monastery and uh, still searching for the Lord still searching for that peace yeah. And that grace that I experienced, um, but still got some time, but happy to be here. 
Oh, we're so happy to have Brother Charles with us. Now, Brother Charles has received his ordination to the transitional diaconate. Mm. So he is on his way to the priesthood. So right. he'll be a monk and a, and a priest there at Main, Mount Angel Abbey. But it's when we went into the break that things got real interesting with that conversation. Right. Now, you're hearing the voice of Dave Vassaris. He was our host for the week. Came from Toledo, Ohio, across mm-hmm. the country to be with us for the week. And he said, uh, Brother Charles, that uh, that Catholic radio station in Bakersfield, California, he said, uh, I was the director that started that radio station. Right. And everybody went, whoa. Yeah. What? And here they were standing next to each other, never have met each other before. But it just goes to show you, I think what we were all amazed with is that you never know how one action today, how one prayer today, one dedicated rosary for somebody in need will eventually lead them on a path to where they could glorify God in that way. No, it's amazing. And, you know, we've heard these stories before and we hear them during share as we have some of our guests on how either their vocation or their return to the faith or maybe new to the faith started by hearing Catholic radio. It's incredible. I mean, many times KBVM back in the day, I'm going back to 1989 when Mater Dei Radio first started. Back then it was Catholic Broadcasting Northwest or Metro Catholic Broadcasting even before that. And so this legacy now going on 34 years, pretty amazing. Oh, I think that is really amazing. We even hear, and we'll hear more from her coming up in the next uh, interview segment. Sarah Kenzie will be joining us too. She said, our digital media manager, she said growing up, she's always listened to yeah. Catholic Radio, to Mater Day Radio, and because uh, her mother always had it on in the car when they were driving around. Right. And she said, and now here I am. Working. Yeah. And so it's just such a wonderful uh, connections. Again, as I said, there's nothing coincidental about how God places each, all of us in each other's lives. Yeah. And again, thanks to everybody, too. Since that was a share we appreciate everybody supporting it. Absolutely. Now, if you missed our share or some of the reflections that came on throughout the day, please go over to our webpage. There's still the link for the share You can make a pledge if you would like to still be able to do that. But then you can also hear more of these great testimonies from our different guests. You're going to find, again, that at materdayradio.com, and you'll still have access to it, too, on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Camp Howard challenges everyone who experiences camp with us to live, learn, and grow in the Catholic faith. At Camp Howard, we help cultivate children's social skill sets in a safe environment with trained staff, connecting with others in the beautiful, peaceful outdoors with a host of wonderful activities. These activities include swimming, archery, arts and crafts, group games, campfires, and just having fun with fellow campers. This coming summer, we will have seven overnight sessions in the popular family camp weekend. Weeks are filling quickly and wait lists have already started, so be sure to register now at cyocamphoward.org. 
Save the date for our Champions of Faith Benefit Dinner, October 17th at the Oregon Convention Center. Our keynote speaker is three-time U.S. Women's Amateur Golf Champion, Laura Tennant. Come help fuel the future for our youth. Purchase tickets at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you for inspiring our youth to become faith-filled leaders. May God richly bless you. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Day Radio. It's 26 in Mater Day Radio, and after a glitch, ballots are in the mail today. We'll have the details in the news. And the U.S. Religious Freedom Commission calls out new countries whose record on freedom violations getting attention on their abuses. I'll tell you why coming up in the news. Here is Dante Smith. Victory, and we are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Dante Schmidt and Victory. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, a government commission tasked with monitoring religious freedom abroad has recommended the State Department designate five new countries as countries of particular concern because of their engagement in or toleration of particularly severe religious freedom violations, including against Christians. Now, in its 2023 report released on May 1st, the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom recommended the State Department designate Afghanistan, India, Nigeria, Syria, and Vietnam as CPCs. In addition to the 12 other countries, it gave the designation in November. Now, across those 12 countries and the five new recommendations, the report outlines many instances where religious persecution by government entities and extremist groups has led to death, suppression, and displacement of many religious persons and communities. Now, this designation is outlined by the act leads the government to attempt non-economic policy options to end a country's religious freedom violation and impose economic penalties thereafter if attempts fail. Multnomah County will begin mailing ballots today for the upcoming election on May 16th. Now, the ballots are six days behind schedule due to a proofreading error that forced the county to reprint 550,000 ballots. County elections officials mistakenly placed a Board of Commissioners race on the May 16 ballot for all county voters. Problem is, only voters who live in District 3, mostly in an area of southeast Portland, are entitled to decide who will take over the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners seat, vacated by Jessica Vega-Peterson, who was elected as Multnomah County Chair in November. The proofreading error is costing the county over $300,000. Registered voters in the county can expect to receive their ballot in the mail by Thursday. Well, Washington State will have a new political position up for grabs in 2024 as Governor Jay Inslee announced Monday morning that he does not intend to seek re-election for a fourth term. Inslee was last re-elected in 2020, becoming the second governor in Washington State to be elected to a third consecutive term. Now, Inslee succeeded Christine Gregoire, who served as Washington State's governor from 2005 to 2013. Now, Inslee said he hasn't made any decisions about who he might endorse to follow him as governor. And as for Inslee, what's next? He said that's still up in the air. However, Inslee hinted his next steps could involve clean energy and climate change. 
Well, General Mills has issued a nationwide recall of its bleached and unbleached flour after discovering salmonella during a sampling of a five-pound bag. Federal health officials reported Monday that a total of 13 people have been infected from 12 states, including Oregon. These people have been hospitalized, or three people have been hospitalized. No deaths have been reported. The company is recalling two, five, and ten-pound bags of its gold metal unbleached and bleached all-purpose flour with a better if used by date of March 27th or March 28th of 2024. Now, health officials stress that people should not consume raw products made with flour. Salmonella is killed by heat through baking, frying, or boiling products made with flour. General Mills is encouraging customers to check their pantries and dispose of any product affected by the recall. Customers who had to throw out products may contact General Mills Consumer Relations 1-800-NUMBER. That's a great reminder, David, to not eat raw flour. I never thought of flour as being raw before, but you do have to bake it. And as I said in the first segment, uh, my kids have a recipe for edible cookie dough, Mm -hmm. but the recipe says you have to uh, put the the flour in the microwave for a moment to kill off any... Thing like salmonella that might be in there. Yeah, I you know, I'm guilty because I used to like when my daughters would make cookies, like yeah. chocolate chip cookies of taking a little Of course. Yeah, and it's like don't do that. Don't it's do not, that. It's, it's not, not healthy. Not only not to mention it's got raw eggs. The raw in eggs it. in it. Yeah, That's yeah, right. So don't don't do that, kids. Well, three teenagers, two from Vancouver, were arrested Saturday in Portland in connection with an armed carjacking. Portland police responded at 1 a.m. to a report of a stolen car in the area, Southeast 5th Avenue and Southwest Hall Street. The car was reportedly stolen at gunpoint in Vancouver and tracked to the area, according to a Portland police news release. Now, when officers arrived, they saw three people run from the car. As police chased them, one of the suspects tripped, a gun fell out of his pocket. The officers found the other two suspects a few blocks away and arrested all three. Now, the teens, two 17-year-old boys from Vancouver and a 16-year-old from Portland, were booked into the Douglas E. Long Juvenile Detention Facility in Portland. And in sports, even though it is a non-conference game, there will be a lot on the line when Oregon travels to Oregon State tonight for a college baseball midweek classic at Goss Stadium. Beavers and the Ducks are both sporting overall records of 30-13 and 13 as the season heads down the home stretch. Now, the two teams met earlier this season for three conference games in Eugene, with Oregon State winning two. Now, currently, Oregon holds down third place in the Pac-12 standings. Beavers are just a half a game behind in the fourth position. To add to the intrigue, both teams are ranked in the top 25 in the country in a variety of national polls. First pitch tonight from Corvallis is 5.30. So there's like six or seven college baseball polls out there. Okay. And so I think the highest the Ducks are ranked in one of the polls is 10th in the nation. I think the highest the Beavers are in one of the polls is 15th in the nation. Wow. So, I mean, they're just neck and neck. battling tooth and nail. So so even though they're, it's a non-conference game, there is still that long rivalry oh, yeah. that uh, you can't yeah. help but root for your team. And, and, you know, you're still kind of playing for national position with your overall record. Even though it's not a Pac-12 record, it's the overall record. And so, you know, you're trying to hopefully make it to the tournament. 
And so your overall record plays a lot into that. So, okay. yeah, so yes. Oh, that'll be, be, fun. be fun. Well, among Catholics, May is most well known as Mary's Month, a specific month of the year when special devotions are performed in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So why is that? How did May become associated with the Blessed Mother? Well, in the early church, there's evidence that a major feast of the Blessed Virgin Mary celebrated on the 15th of May each year. But it wasn't until the 18th century that May received a particular association with the Virgin Mary. Now, according to Catholic Encyclopedia, it says the May devotion in its present form originated at Rome, where Father Latomia of the Roman College of the Society of Jesus to counteract infidelity and immorality among the students made a vow at the end of the 18th century to vote the month of May to Mary. Now, from Rome, the practice spread to the other Jesuit colleges and thence to nearly every Catholic church of the Latin Rite. Now, various private devotions to Mary quickly became widespread during the month of May, as it is recorded in the Recolta. This is a publication of prayers published in the mid-19th century. Now, it says, It is a well-known devotion to consecrate to Most Holy Mary the month of May as the most beautiful and fluorescent month of the whole year. Now, this devotion has long prevailed throughout Christendom, and it is common here in Rome, not only in private families, but as a public devotion in very many churches. That's a person after your own heart, David. Yeah. The most beautiful and fluorescent months. I like That's that. That's May. May, yeah. That's right. Well, it's a, it's a perfect month because it's the month of flowers and, you know, just fits so perfectly. That's right. And in fact, in 1945, Pope Pius XII solidified May as a Marian month after establishing the Feast of the Queenship of Mary on May 31st. But after the Second Vatican Council, that feast was moved to August 22nd, while May 31st became the Feast of the Visitation of Mary. So the month of May is a rich in tradition and a beautiful time of year to honor our Heavenly Mother. Uh, And a quick look at the calendar, David, Mm -hmm. there. Mother's Day is coming up pretty soon. Yeah, it's uh, the 14th. The 14th, all right. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. The following weekend, all right. So everybody... Now's the time to plan ahead and be ready for that day as well. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And something coming up on May 11th, beginning at 7 o'clock, it is the Archbishop's Lecture Series, The Gift of the Liturgical Wisdom of Pope Benedict XVI. This is happening at Christ the King Catholic Church in Milwaukee. The Archbishop Lecture Series offers all people of the Archdiocese of Portland the opportunity to reflect with distinguished Catholic intellectual authors and scholars on compelling topics. Topics concerning Catholic faith and its relationship to the modern world. This is a free event, but please RSVP. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, it's Tech Tuesday. Sarah Kinsey going to join us right after the forecast. 
Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Many years ago, Mrs. John Nichols completed more than 1,000 hours of volunteer hospital work, and she did it all as a paraplegic confined to a wheelchair. Propelling herself around the corridors of New Jersey's Englewood Hospital, Mrs. Nichols headed the Volunteer Services Committee, the Visitors' Aid Service, and she was a member of the hospital's executive board. One associate said, she makes all the visitors feel relaxed and comfortable with her big smiles. And there's a lesson for all of us in Mrs. Nichols' story. Succumb to self-pity and you'll accomplish little or nothing. But go with what you've got, whatever your limitations, and you can be an effective instrument of God's love. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through All Source Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All Source Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Monterey Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Monterey Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Monterey Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at MonterreyRadio.com. And it is 843 at Day Radio, where we are hopeful, hopeful that we're going to see a little sunshine this afternoon. That's what's in the forecast. Morning clouds, a high of 72, mostly cloudy tonight, low of 52, and then we'll have a partly sunny skies for Wednesday with the high of 71. Currently, it is 53 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 52 degrees at Our Lady of Sorrows Church in Portland. So once again, we are joined by the wonderful Sarah Kenzie. Sarah is the digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio. And as she does on a very regular basis on Tuesday, she joins us for a Tech Tuesday. Yeah. Did you notice that on her door plate now, it says the wonderful Sarah Kenzie? The one, she put that, up there. She, yeah. I think she ordered that one. I think. Did you Did you order that one, Sarah? That wasn't, that oh. wasn't me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's that well, it is the first Tuesday of May. So Sarah, we know for David, he starts to appreciate these uh spring moving into summer kinds of months. For him, May's pretty high on the list of favorite months. Where does right. May fall for you? Definitely one of my favorite months because it's May. finally warm. Yeah, again, see? Uh before it gets really hot. But I mean 
just May through September. I, I'm I'm happy. That's I that's, could be outside. That's me too. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. That's I'll even put October in there. I love. Yeah, October. I do like October yeah. too. There are some nice days. I agree with all of you because you start to get those fall leaves, those warm afternoons, and then a, a cool evening. Mm-hmm. October is pretty nice too. But pretty beautiful. nice. We're into May right now, and so and actually, it's going to be a bonus month because Sarah, we're going to see you five times in the oh, month really? of May. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Extra <laughs> a bonus tech oh, Tuesday. So remember, <laughs> go through the thirty days September, October. Right. Thirty days have I, September. I do that whenever my rent is due. April, June, and November. November. So 31 in May. So 31 in May. So we're excited. So, and it's wonderful to have you join us here, Sarah. We get a chance to talk with you on Tuesdays because a great email is hitting inboxes this afternoon. And you're joining us today to give us a little bit of a preview. Now, before we get to what is in the uh, letter today, you know, just a moment ago in our last half hour, we heard that great vocation story with a brother, Charles Gonzalez from Mount Angel Abbey. He is now a deacon preparing and on his way to priestly ordination. Now that vocation story is available along with a whole lot of other great content from Sherathon. That's right. So during Sherathon, I mean, I, I think not every listener tunes in for every live hour of Sherathon. Although I know some some are listening quite a bit, but um, you know, there's so many good things that come out of that fundraising week. I know, you know, we're here to, to raise the funds we need to operate the station, but I love Sherathon because we get to hear um, from our local community, from our guests, and there's so much in there that you might have missed. So uh, what we do is uh, every day of Sherathon, Aaron hits record <laughs> and we save all of that content. So um, if you uh, want to listen back, we have that available for you. Uh, you can hear it in both a short clip form. So like Brother Charles's vocation story or a clip from each of the guests, or you can listen to the whole hour uh, that they were here. And we even took out those uh, spot breaks for you um, so you don't have to listen to that pre-recorded um, content every time. So just, you know, when the guest is here and when we're live in studio during Sherathon. Um, and so we'll add a link in today's email. Um, it's also available on our website, um, on the app. It's uh, saved on a pinned post on Facebook and then the link in our bio on Instagram. So uh, go back and listen because there were so many wonderful, just inspirational stories or, you know, testimonies um, or prayer that came out of that week. Let me say, Sarah, with you being here now, Sherathon is elevated to a new level. Oh, which, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no question about it because you're here, you're taking videos, you're taking photographs, obviously what you just said, all that you're doing there. And it really has elevated Sherathon. So yeah, thanks for your efforts on that. It's wonderful. Thank you, David. And I, I will say too, I, I love seeing, um, you know, this time there was a lot of engagement online. That was really fun. I posted a lot more videos of our guests this time. I, try, I tried to do one for each guest that was here. Um, and it was really cool to see our community respond to that. And so, you know, they, they're really invested in in the people that um, come here during Sherathon. That's awesome. Well, for sure. I just think about the opportunity parents have if you are letting your children start to kind of tiptoe into social media platforms. Right. Make sure their accounts are linked and liked and followed by Mater Day Radio, because yeah. then you know for sure that throughout the day when they grab their phone, they're going to see something from Mater Day Radio. And these clips 
are just phenomenal. And you never know, just like father or brother Charles, his vocation story. Well, it just was like just this one thing. My dad just turned on the radio. Right. And it set his life into a, a, a motion into down a path that well, we know now where it is leading him. Sarah Kenzie is joining us this morning. Our digital media manager every Tuesday joins the Morning Blend to talk about emails coming to your inbox this afternoon. So in that preview, in that email, a wonderful opportunity I had to talk with Father Weta about how to make good decisions. This is especially fun if you have a young person who's learning how to make decisions because we know as they get older, these decisions get all the more important. He talks about well, how to make good decisions. Yes, I absolutely loved this interview um, uh, from the Morning Blend uh, with Father Father Augustine uh, Weta, and um, he really just draws from the wisdom of the Desert Fathers. So we're talking, you know, ancient times. Um, but he, I want one of the lines he said. He had many great lines, but just because it's old doesn't mean it's stupid. <laughs> So I, he had so, he was such a fun interview. He's so oh. down to earth, but, but really just, you know, um, going into prayer and first retreating and having that silence um, when making a big decision. Um, it was such a great, um, interview, um, to listen to. It was so fun. Um, and yeah, I just encourage our listeners to, um, check that out. Uh, it was also a great tie in today is the feast of St. Athanasius, who is also influenced by the Desert Fathers before he went out on his mission of, you know, defending the divinity of Christ. But he spent time with St. Anthony of the Desert, learned that silence before he went out onto his mission. And so I think that's really important that we, you know, take that time to in silence uh, when making a decision. I encourage our listeners to listen to that interview again, especially as we get to the end, as so often we do when we have a priest religious on the show, we ask them to End us in prayer. Yes. This particular prayer <laughs> was great. <laughs> was fantastic. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yeah, it's it's great. not very long. So please open up that email and listen to that story. And then, uh, yeah, David, you're smiling because you know how he ends it yes. too. So it's fantastic. Sarah Kenzie joining us today. Sarah, just, well, just a little over a minute left. You also are highlighting another great show. And we know that, well, this particular host. Well, he mentioned his show in his homily at the cathedral this weekend. Tell our listeners about Voice of the Shepherd. That's right. So on this um, on this episode, I, I pulled one from a couple weeks ago. Um, it was in the midst of Sherathon, so we didn't really get a chance to highlight it. Um, but it's all about the Easter um, the Easter season and how really the impact of an encounter with with Jesus, um, the, the resurrected Jesus, really changes our lives and how it really um, propels us forward into into being a witness um, and being on mission um, for spreading this good news. And and so you know as we're going through this Easter season, I just thought it was such a good reminder of we're still in Easter season. I, I think after Easter's over, I know I got wrapped up in Sherathon, but we all you know we you all did. have we all have busy things in our lives, and so this was I listened to this yesterday, and it was such a great reflection from Archbishop Sample about just you know going back to that Easter you know truth that that Jesus is alive um, and that He changes our lives, and so um, I just encourage you if you're feeling like you're back into the the grind of things, go back to this episode because it really does kind of you know, refocus you um, on that beautiful core mystery of our faith.
Well, that is our um, email that's coming to inboxes today. Of course, a wonderful opportunity to listen to Archbishop Sample and his show. We get to celebrate Easter still all through the month of May until Pentecost. So another great episode of Voice of the Shepherd. Well, uh, Sarah, another great opportunity to talk with you today. Thanks so much for staying with us. Thank you both. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 8.55, Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast today. Slight chance of a shower this morning, then partly sunny skies this afternoon, high of 72. Cloudy tonight, low of 52. And then for Wednesday, partly sunny, high of 71. Currently 52 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Sarah Kroger and Alleluia is our song. And you are listening to David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. What hope we have even in the longest night for the light will overcome We will not fear For we know the sun will rise Hallelujah is our song What peace we have Even in this wounded world
Sarah Kroger and Alleluia is our song. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts. It's David and Brenda wrapping up the morning bland on this Tuesday. Gordon Lightfoot, remembering Gordon, had passed away last night at the age of 84 in Toronto, Canada. Sarah came in and said her mom texted her this morning. She, she heard our show open and said they had seen Gordon Lightfoot, uh, her mom and her aunt, both. One like four years ago at the Elsinore Theater in Salem, another 40 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Incredible. Wow, incredible that he was still playing and touring just four years ago. Oh, God rest his soul. Great music. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. It is Tuesday. That means we can listen to a new episode of Voice of the Shepherd coming up this evening. Have a very blessed day.